find grace in the eyes of the Lord, that would be something I would want. So this morning, I want to share with you the, the three things that I think can help us to understand the grace of God and help us to understand the gospel narrative better. So let's begin with key point number one. God had a plan for redemption from the beginning. So let's look, Genesis chapter 6, how appropriate. If, we're, if we feel overwhelmed and there's a flood coming and all we have is this paper cup and we're trying, well, let's look at the flood. Let's look at the great deluge. Let's look at this flood that Noah dealt with. Genesis chapter 6, verse 13 and following. God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, of the animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Now God is never caught by surprise. God is never caught by surprise. Um, he, he, he didn't look at mankind one day and go, I didn't see this coming. I guess I'm just going to have to figure out something else and start all over. I was reminded this week of the autobiography called An American Life by Ronald Reagan. I want to read a quote uh, for you. He writes, I was raised to believe that God had a plan for everyone and that seemingly random twists of fate are all part of his plan. My mother, a small woman with auburn hair and sense of optimism that ran as deep as the cosmos, told me that everything in life happened for a purpose. She said all things were part of God's plan, even the most disheartening setbacks. And in the end, everything works out for the best. If something went wrong, she said, you didn't let it get you down. You stepped away from it, stepped over it, and moved on. Later on, she added, something good will happen, and you'll find yourself thinking, if I hadn't had that problem back then, then this better thing that did happen would not have happened to me. End quote. So it's a, it's a good perspective. Because sometimes, sometimes I think when we think about the flood, keep in mind with Noah, sometimes when we're overwhelmed with a flood, 
we think, why is this happening to me? Consider this. The flood had less to do with Noah than it did the people outside the boat. Noah was being protected. Noah had a means of protection. And sometimes when we're going through the flood, it's not about us. It's about around us, what's going on around us. And we have to endure it, but we have a means of protection. Genesis 3.15, it's known as the Proto-Evangelium. It's the first appearance of the gospel in the scriptures. It says, I will put enmity between you. This is referring to, uh, speaking to the devil. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. Some translations put it this way. He will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. One is a fatal blow. You know, if you get a bruise to your head, you get a crush to your head, that's a fatal blow. You bruise your heel, you limp for a little bit, but you get over it. And he's saying, Satan, you're going to be crushed. But Jesus is just going to have a bruise to his heel. This passage is the first mention of God's plan of redemption. The very first mention of it, that God has a redemptive plan in place. That some descendant is going to come that's going to make this fatal blow to Satan. And we know that to be Jesus. So God knows that you're going, what you're going through. God knows when you feel overwhelmed. God knows when that flood is coming. And we know that it's just you're at your, you're at your uh, maximum. But he has a plan. So what is it? What, what hardship might you think you're overwhelmed with right now? I want you to know that the same gospel... The same gospel that is sufficient to save your soul is sufficient to help you when you feel overwhelmed. Whatever it is that you, when you feel overwhelmed, whatever it is that you're dealing with, just understand that that same gospel is sufficient to help you in that. The grace of God is seen because God is always seeking to make provision for salvation. Let's look at key point number two. So key point number two is this, the place of refuge and redemption is by personal invitation to come. The place of refuge and redemption is by personal invitation to come. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, it says it this way. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Now, I'm not sure how many of you, I know... Uh, half the room at least, or greater than half the room, has been to the Ark uh, Encounter in Williamstown, Kentucky. Uh, if you haven't visited, let me encourage you to do so. Uh, the, fir- the very first time, I remember Cheryl and I were making plans one weekend uh, to go see the Ark Encounter. And uh, I was like, you know, let's, let's head up and see the Ark Encounter today. And Cheryl was like, I don't know, it's raining I was like, isn't that more of a reason for us to go? <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like, seemed like it would be even even greater reason. But anyway, um, the important feature, whether you see, you see it at the Ark Encounter or whether you just see it in Scripture, I want you to, I want you to know this, this, this architectural feature of the, of the Ark. It is the door. There's only one. There's only one door to the Ark. In fact, the scriptures even say, place it on its side. There's only one door, one, one means of access. It's a picture that there is only one means of salvation. 
There is only one means of safety and refuge. There is only one way to obtain that. And consider these words Jesus said in, 10, in John 10, 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will what? Be saved. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So how do we have access to the Father? It's through the person of Jesus. Now let's go back to Genesis 7, 1. The Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household. Now there, there's a great significance in the words here. The first word is come. If I were to make this statement to you, if I were to say, hey, come, come inside, where am I? I'm already inside, right? If, if God were outside of the ark, he would have told Noah, go. But he didn't. He said, come. And how does he come? How does he get in? He goes through the door. He goes through the single door, and then he comes to the place where God is. So I want you to notice that, that, that the first key word there, you know, is, is come, come into the ark. The second key word is the word LORD, and it's in all caps. And the reason it's in all caps is because it's an indication that this is the personal name of God. It's translated as LORD, L-O-R-D, all caps, uh, but it is Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. This is, this is the one true living God. He is there. And if you want to accept this invitation, he's saying, come, come to me. And if you want to accept this invitation, you have, to, you have to do what? You have to go through the door of Jesus. And we cannot accept the invitation to come any other way. There's no other way to make it onto this ark. And we know that Christ is the door, that we have to enter through him. And Yahweh is still inviting people to come to him through Christ. Now, there is a huge contrast between those who are inside of the ark and those who are outside of the ark. Those who are inside of Noah's ark are safe. Those who heed the voice of God and accept his invitation to come, they experience redemption and they find safety. They find refuge from the flood, from that overwhelming flood. We see it over and over and over in Scripture. Creation, the fall, redemption, restoration, over and over and over. Let me give you a great example, again, of this sense of, you know, just feeling overwhelmed. Listen to Isaiah 43, just the first two verses, verses 1 and 2. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. What theme is that? Creation, right? There it is. And, and right off the bat, God has created everything. And then the very next words, fear not. Why do we have fear in the world? Why do we have fear? We didn't have fear before the fall occurred, right? There was no reason to fear anything. We were, we were in a perfect relationship with the Lord. 
fear came into the world. Why? Because of the fall. So there we have uh, the second theme of the gospel. So again, but now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Third theme of the gospel, redemption. What is redemption? Redemption is bringing you out of, um, it's kind of, it's the guy who brings you out of slavery. I have bought you with a price to bring you out of slavery and give you freedom. We were enslaved to sin. Jesus bought, bought us by his death on the cross, brings us out of our slavery to sin, and then gives us our freedom. That's redemption. It says, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. The fourth theme of the gospel, restoration. In other words, you're going to experience what? You're going to experience times of these floods. You're going to be overwhelmed at times. You're going to feel like everything is just coming at you so fast, and you're trying to fight off a flood with a paper cup, and you're like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And the gospel message is the same gospel that is sufficient for your eternal salvation is the same gospel that is sufficient to help you through the floods. So just as Yahweh, just as the Lord gave personal invitation to Noah, God invites us. God invites you to come to him through Christ. 